It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. One of the things that I wish people really understood about lobbying is that lobbying is not about money. Lobbying is all about connection and relationship building. And so the more connected you are to elected officials, the more influence you can have with them when they're making decisions. And so the suffragettes used to have cards where they had all the information about the legislator before they would lobby and they would learn who those people were, who their families were you know, all the background about them. And I did the same thing. I would introduce myself to elected officials. I call them on the phone to ask them for meetings. And I'd say, you know, I noticed you were on the board of Boys and Girls Club. I used to go there when I was a kid. It's such a great organization. And then all of a sudden, I'm not the lobbyist who's trying to, you know, get this done. I'm actually a person who's connecting with them. This is Sarah. This is Beth. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics, the home of grace-filled political conversations. It's a big day here at Pantsuit Politics. We're hitting the road. 
I mean like not today, but over the next several months. We are going on our first tour and could not be more excited. Okay, we're ready to announce the locations. Here are the states we're visiting on the Pantsuit Politics Nuance Nation Tour. I feel like I want my voice to be like, tour, 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 tour. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to do something with that, the way you said it. I really liked it, yeah. On the Pantsuit Politics Nuance Nation Tour. Tour, tour, tour. Okay, in August, because it is a big state, and we have lots of listeners there, and we have not been there yet. We will be doing two appearances in California, one in Northern California and one in Southern California. So California people who have been begging us to come West for all forever. We're coming. We're going to come. We're, we're going to come. We're kicking it off in California. I'm excited. Then in September, we will be in our home state in Louisville, Kentucky, where we haven't been yet, strangely, so it'll be fun to yeah. do something there. In October, we're coming to the Washington, D.C. area, and we will wrap things up in November in Dallas, Texas. Yay! We're so excited! We have been reaching out to our patrons for help organizing these dates, getting resources, venue ideas, guest ideas. And this community, I don't even know what to say. People are offering to bring us cookies, which I realize is not the most vital of the things listed to pull off this tour, but it is to me. And I'm so excited. I'm just so impressed by all of y'all when you're like, let me help. Let me help. I've got ideas. Like you're just an endless resource. Thank you so much. So if you're interested in helping with one of these local dates or venues or volunteering or helping spread the word, just email Elise, Elise at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. She's helping us organize all the local teams. And my mom mentioned that whenever we talk about Elise, we should spell her name. My mom was a middle school teacher oh, for years and years, and she was like, so Beth, good. there are many Elises in the world. Our Elise is an A. Just think our Elise is an A+. plus. So A-L-I-S-E at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. There we go. So this week, the week of July 4th, Pantsu Politics is on vacation. So we have pre-recorded some really cool interviews for you during this week, and that's what we'll be sharing. So if you're like, why are they not talking about what's happening in the world? That's why. So today you are going to hear from Missy Bird, a longtime Pantsy Politics listener, and we will introduce her formally now as Melissa Bird, Ph.D., MSW. She is a passionate feminist whose education and social work has led to a career advocating for children, women, and their families. And as you'll hear in our conversation, she helps train women to find their form of advocacy. So we think it was a really fun conversation. We'll put lots of links about how you can connect with her in the show notes. And without further ado, here is Missy Bird. We're so happy today to be talking with Dr. Melissa Bird, who is a longtime Pantsuit Politics listener. Thank you, Dr. Bird, and has a coaching practice that helps women get involved politically that we're excited to hear about. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Will you tell everybody a little bit about your career and how you got to this place where you have expertise in helping women navigate difficult issues through social justice work? So I am Dr. Melissa Bird, but you can call me Missy. And I was born and raised in Utah. And my career, I'm a social worker. I'm trained as a social worker, but I was a horrible clinician, really great life coach, really not a very good clinician. <laughs> when I was getting my master's degree back in 2001, 
Um, I did some of the very first research on homeless LGBT youth in Utah, and it was back before we were even talking about homeless youth. And, um, like we were just starting to have that conversation of how they end up, um, you know, kids who are in foster care end up homeless, you know, talking about LGBT kids. And so I, as part of getting my master's degree, worked with an organization called, it was the Volunteers of America Homeless Youth Resource Center. And we actually did the first research with homeless youth and what their needs were. And we did not have an emancipation law in Utah. And I knew we didn't. And But our law said that you couldn't shelter a youth for longer than eight hours without parental consent or emancipation. Uh-huh. Eight hours. And so, and it's cold in Utah in the winter, by the way, it gets down to about 10 degrees. And so we had kids who were sleeping on the street who were homeless that couldn't, there was no process for them to get emancipated. And so I did the research on the 26, I think we had 26 states that had emancipation laws on the books. And I sat down um, at my dining room table and drafted, hand wrote out my emancipation of a minor bill. And, um, I called a friend of mine uh, who had I'd worked with in the I used to work for the CASA program, Court Appointed Special Advocates, and she was now a legislator. And I said, Roz, would you I think I just wrote a bill. And she said, whatever, Missy, nobody ever writes a bill. And I sent it to her anyway. And she called me back and she's like, oh, my God, you wrote a law. And I was like, "Okay, what do we do now? And basically, I taught myself how the process works. I taught myself how a bill becomes a law in Utah. I taught myself how to lobby. And I I um, got that that bill passed into law a couple years later. It took about two years. And through that process, I realized that it's really tangible at a state level in particular to impact politics. And so I created all these relationships with the attorney general of Utah, with the governor of Utah, with all of the, um, all of that bill was sponsored by Republican elected officials. Like I did and the whole, I mean, it's not all roses, like the whole way along the way, people are like, you're never going to pull this off. And I'm like, Oh really? Watch me. I love it when people Mm -hmm. tell me I can't do something. Cause then I'm like, Oh, watch me. And then uh, a couple years later, I was working for Equality Utah, which is Utah's LGBT political action group. And I got a phone call from the CEO of Planned Parenthood of Utah. And her exact words were, I understand I'd be a fool not to hire you. And I said, hire me for what? And she said, the vice president of public policy for Planned Parenthood of Utah. And I thought it was a joke. It happened to be on April Fool's Day. And I really, I actually hung (laughs) up on her. I literally hung up on her once. Oh my God. (laughs) And she had to call me back and she's like, no, I'm not kidding. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Carrie. (laughs) That's hilarious. So I was the lobbyist for Planned Parenthood of Utah for six and a half years. And throughout that process, I took all of those relationships I had built doing that emancipation law, and I really connected with uh, particularly conservative legislators about Planned Parenthood and the realities of healthy moms make healthy babies. And, you know, we passed, we built coalitions and passed some really phenomenal pieces of legislation. Uh, We passed four bills for Planned Parenthood in Utah, and it was that process that sort of led me here where um, I left Utah, went to get my PhD. And then after I finished my PhD, there was no way I was going into academia because no way. But I realized that I had all of this. I had 13 years of experience as an advocate and a lobbyist and a social worker doing this amazing change. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I could take all of this to the masses and start training women on how to not only advocate for themselves in their own lives, but really look around their community, see what lights them on fire and say, okay, here's how you do this thing. So 
I really want to hear from you about the women you train and sort of their barriers to overcome. But I think there are so many barriers for women who would never even consider a training like that. So I want to talk about that audience first. What do you tell women when they can't even fathom the idea of advocacy or putting themselves out there or getting involved in the process? What do you tell them to encourage and inspire them? So that's really why I created my Fanning the Flames workshop, because my Fanning the Flames workshop has absolutely nothing to do with politics. And it really has to do with figuring out what literally lights you on fire. And and one of the things that I'm seeing, especially right now, is like, you know, the dumpster fire of America, right? Everybody's so overwhelmed with what's happening and they know they want to do something, but they have no idea what it is because they're busy, you know, raising their families and working and doing whatever it is that they do. And so the, the way that I've really harnessed that sort of inspiration is to really give women the tools to say, okay, you know, I'm really, this is the thing that, you know, lights me on fire. Like I've got this gentleman who is suffering from a chronic illness. who walks up and down our street every day. And so I want to help him get more services because I'm noticing he's not doing very well. Or I have this wonderful woman who came to my workshop. She's in her eighties she came to my workshop wow. and she like, she's like, I've lived my life. I'm just here. Cause I love you, Missy. And I'm supporting you as a member of the church. And I was like, well, that's nice. But she walked away from that workshop and she had discovered that women, homeless women are aging in place. So like homeless women over the age of 55 are actually aging on the streets. And she started a, a permanent housing for senior homeless women. She went and bought a house. She started this whole thing because she had found that she had honed in on what lit her up and she just decided to go out and do that thing. And I think if we can really put all the noise away and look within our hearts and listen to what our heart is calling us to do, if we put every, uh, the noise in our head, the noise from our spouses, the noise from the PTA, the noise from the neighborhood, the noise from the news for sure. And we just listen to our heart calling and what our heart is telling us, we can go and do that thing. And it doesn't have to be big. Like it doesn't have to be Phyllis starting a house. It doesn't have to be writing an emancipation of a minor bill on your dining room table while you're listening to Metallica, which was awesome. But (laughs) it can be little things like there's a woman here in, in our hometown who collects socks and underwear for the homeless and hands them out once a month. That's her thing. How do you help people connect with their own gifts? Because I feel like that listening to your heart process that you're describing also requires an awareness of your gifts, right? So that you can have the ability to imagine all of the ways in which you might contribute. The very first way that you can really tap into what your gift is, is to look at how you feel. So the very first way that I help people really identify what their gift is, is to look at what makes them feel, like Sarah's always saying, her righteous fury, right? Like what makes you feel intense feelings of happiness, joy, anger, sadness? When those moments are triggered in you, that is sort of your calling. And I have this process that I actually developed about getting up on your soapbox 
because soapboxes are really meant to help you amplify and get your voice out to large crowds of people. That's the point of getting up on a soapbox. It's became a negative connotation because it was women and labor workers who were getting up on their soapboxes in the alleys. But really the purpose of a soapbox is to amplify and project your voice to large crowds of people. And so I have this process where you like tap into those feelings, like really hone in on what's making you feel those things. And then you connect to the people in your world and sort of go on a ranty tear and look at the the things you're repeating over and over and over again, because that's the spot for change. Like that's the thing you really want to do something about. And then you go and take action on that thing, which makes you feel like you've accomplished something and you can do that whole process over and over and over again. That's how you really identify your gift. So once somebody's in the training, they've identified their gift or people already know what they're fired up about. I mean, like it would not, it would not be hard for me to identify. It would be hard for me (laughs) to narrow down. Then how do you empower them to take those big feelings and turn them into action? So the biggest way is to figure out who you connect with and who resonates with you the most, not just among your friends and your family, but in your community or like in, in the sphere of, of the general world. So who do you resonate most with and how can you be compelled and connected to those people? So one of the things that I learned, especially as an advocate and a lobbyist was not to be afraid to tell people or connect with people and tell them how awesome I think they are and how great they make me feel and work really resonates with me. So how can you really connect to other people that can help you accomplish what it is that you've identified you want to do? Because if you can figure that out, then once you connect to those people, not just within your friends and family, but in the general community, you can actually get stuff done. And, and like you said, Sarah, you've got like a list, right? Like you've got a litany of things that light you on fire, but to really hone in on or prioritize those things so that you can have tangible accomplished wins, because that's the only way you can gain confidence is to take that action and then have it be something because you get more clear, the more action you take. So even if it's just, you know, I had a woman just today, I'm doing a, a challenge for something on Instagram and And they were like, I don't know if I have enough time. And I'm like, everybody's got 20 minutes. We all have this. I mean, there's that funny meme about how we have the same 24 hours a day as Beyonce. Like we all have the same 24 hours a day. Everybody's got 20 minutes to figure out how to just do one small thing. And when I'm coaching my clients and when I'm working with advocates and when I'm working with women, that is the thing that I say to them, just figure out one way to take 20 minutes to just do something. And the minute you start doing that repeatedly, you get more confident and it just becomes natural for you to do it over and over again. You know what that reminds me of is the, is the, I bet nobody's compared you to Dave Ramsey before. So let me be the first, but you know, like that's his debt strategy, right? Is like you get the little debts and you pay them off and you're like, it's like the snowball effect. Like you see yourself doing that. You get these little, you, you, you gather up these small wins and then you feel more motivated to take on bigger challenges. I think you're totally right about that. Girl, I got to tell you, I've been compared to like Brene Brown, but never have I been compared to Dave Ramsey. So you just yeah. won all the I'm outside things. the box. The I'm outside that the box. That was amazing. I, I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we will be right back after this short message from our sponsor. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. 
We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box. Salon grade tools. Your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy so i know that you talked about connecting with more conservative legislators can you talk about how you've done that and what kind of bridge building you teach in your coaching work yes i sort of took it out of the suffrage playbook So one of the things that people really, I wish people really understood about lobbying is that lobbying is not about money. 
Lobbying is all about connection and relationship building. And so the more connected you are to elected officials, the more influence you can have with them when they're making decisions. And so the suffragettes used to have cards where they had all the information about the legislator before they would lobby and they would learn who those people were, who their families were, you know, all the background about them. And I did the same thing. I would introduce myself to elected officials. I call them on the phone to ask them for meetings. And I'd say, you know, I noticed you were on the board of Boys and Girls Club. I used to go there when I was a kid. It's such a great organization. And then all of a sudden, I'm not the lobbyist who's trying to, you know, get this done. I'm actually a person who's connecting with them. And so what that meant was that, and I even do this today, like when we moved here to Oregon from California, I emailed all my elected officials and introduced myself and my family to our elected officials from the city level all the way up to the federal level. You know, I said, I'm your constituent. My husband is a veteran. He's a disabled veteran. He's going to school at Oregon State University. We have three kids, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I did the whole thing. These are the things that are important to our family. So when something comes up, like our daughter was sexually harassed at high school, I immediately knew I could call my senator and she would know who I was. And we got a bill introduced in the legislature to talk about sexual harassment online of high school students here in Oregon. So because I connected with people in that way, my conservative elected officials, I still to this day, the woman who was the lobbyist for the Eagle Forum, which of course is a conservative organization, she and I used to debate each other regularly. And for years when I moved, she said she used to call me and tell me how much she missed me because we would have these solid debates where we did not agree on anything. But the way I looked at it, Beth, was her passion is equal to my passion. There is no difference between our passion for what we find, what lights us up, right? We just don't agree on the issues. And there's something there. Like there is a way for us to connect to other people who don't necessarily agree with us all the time so that we can actually make good change for the community. And Gail would start to acquiesce on stuff and stop fighting me. Like she's like, okay. And I tell her, what do you want? What in this bill would make it so that I can have it? What do you need me to explicitly say in there that would make you feel better? And she'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'll throw something in for you. Why not? We'll throw an amendment in. What do you need? And sometimes I wouldn't. And sometimes, like, if she asked me for stuff that I thought was ridiculous, I wouldn't do it. But the point is, we have to connect. We're people. Everyone who is holding elected office or who is lobbying or advocating about an issue is a human being. And they are equally as driven by what drives them as, as we are on, on the opposite side. And we have to talk about things and we have to start moving more towards the middle. The polarization that I'm seeing right now in America is leaving. And I've been, I listen to your podcast and I think, Oh, how many moderate women on both from both parties are like sitting around here going, I, you know, I don't under, I don't have a safe political home to go to. Where am I going to go? I talked about that a couple of uh, Facebook lives ago with um, someone who had met on Twitter, like this whole conversation about women, where do they go? Because women tend to walk towards the middle more than anything. And they're like sitting around here going, where am I going on the left or the right? Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. 
They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Well, to that end, I want to ask you, because I know that you have expertise in reproductive justice, how have you fostered productive conversations about reproductive justice in diverse communities? So one of the ways that I've done that is when I went and got my PhD, um, one of the, the, one of the purpose to my, me really pursuing that was to be able to tell stories of women's reproductive lives not just abortion stories, but real stories about how women, particularly women from religious backgrounds, from conservative religious backgrounds, get con- even make the decision to use contraception in their lives. 
because one of the things that I feel is really important when we talk about reproductive justice, which um, the background to that is is all about women of color creating um, this incredible framework that we should all be operating under, that we very rarely operate under, that talks about how intersectional reproductive justice really is and reproductive health really is. And so my focus when I got my PhD was telling the stories of women, particularly it ended up um, that the communities I did my research in were predominant um, Latina communities. And it was most of my research was with Latina women who came from conservative religious backgrounds, talking about how they take care of themselves using birth control and how their lives intersect with religion and how complicated that can be for them, especially in rural areas. And I think when we think about reproductive justice, when we talk about diverse communities, talking about diverse religions and diverse backgrounds and talking about how women, the difference between women in rural areas and urban areas and how they navigate the decision to even use contraception, let alone end up making decisions about abortion, is a conversation that we very rarely ever have in this nation. And I think it's one that needs to be expanded out because we have been trained that this is a pro-choice or pro-life issue. But what this actually is, is a really complicated dialogue that happens for women and their and their partners and their families about their decision-making process. It's not just, you know, I remember years ago, I can't remember who the elected official was, but on the floor of the House of Representatives, they were doing an abortion ban and they were talking about how a woman goes and gets her hair done and then she gets a latte at Starbucks and then she goes and gets an abortion. Like it was egregious. It was Michelle. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. Yes, 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 Mm -hmm. yes. And I was like, that is not even remotely at all how this happens. Like not even close to at all how this happens. And so for me, the idea of talking about reproductive justice is about elevating the conversation beyond the pro-choice, pro-life narrative, because that's not what this is. This is about environmental justice and racial justice and about women being able to raise their children in a safe environment free from violence and free from gun violence. Like all of those things are actually encompassed in reproductive justice. And I wish more people would look more at reproductive justice as the framework from which they operate, because I think even the major national organizations don't do that. They try. Melissa and I were having this conversation before we started recording, which is, I think so often when it comes to abortion, there is one story people tell themselves. And, you know, God save you if it involves a latte, but they tell one story. And so I think what the real power of what you're doing and what people working in this space are doing or have done or continue to do is to just add more stories. We need more stories. People need to understand the complexity of not just this issue, but any issue. And I think what's so powerful about the work you do is there is a limit to the impact of other people telling other people's stories. We need women telling their own stories. And I think trainings like yours and the work you do where you say, we need your story. We need you to tell your story. We need you in the process. We need you to have these conversations. We need you to show up in the conversation. You know, the work we do is saying, we need you to show up in the conversation with your story because it's valuable and because it widens everybody's perspective on the problem and the solutions available to us. And then 
for people like you in the amazing work you do, which is saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to empower you and show you how to share that story because I don't know how we move forward on some of these tough issues until there are more stories and the complexity of the problem is really fully revealed to our society, to culture, to other people. So thank you. Thank you for that work. I think it is of vital importance. You're welcome. Now, can you tell all the people where to find you in all the places? I can. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I am at birdgirl1001. So it's B-I-R-D-G-I-R-L-1001. And I, you can also find my blog and my website at birdgirlindustries.com. That's www.birdgirlindustries.com. And so if you are looking for me to come and do a workshop, I actually just had someone yesterday send me a message and say, will you come to Anchorage, Alaska? And I was like, sure, I'll come to Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> so if you want me to come and do a workshop, if you want to talk to me about coaching, I also have a really badass um, online self-taught coaching program with my friend Melanie Childers called The Candidate Secret Weapon. So for any of you women who are running for office, it helps you get the mindset that you need to win. So it's pretty badass. So those are I'm my assuming also on, on Spotify or someplace, there is a Metallica playlist for people looking to draft legislation. You know, that is a genius idea. I hadn't even mm-hmm. thought about that, but I will get mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, you need to make that. I was just going to say before we let you go, I really want to know the origin of Bird Girl in your work. So um, my last name, of course, is Bird, B-I-R-D. But I was thinking, what is a great way to get out to people in a creative way and use my name at the same time? And I I love uh, the symbolism of the bald eagle. They're one of the animals that I really adore and I'm called to and have ever since I was little. And so I was like, I'm just going to start being the bird girl. I love it. I I had a feeling it was more than just your name. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I really want to be YouTube famous. So I do have a YouTube channel too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again so much. Thank you both for having me on. I cannot tell you how much I love and adore both of you. You're just like magical, amazing humans. And I love you both. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We cannot thank Missy enough for coming and chatting with us on the show. And very importantly, for once cross-stitching us, Jesus doesn't need the permission of the patriarchy, which now hangs on my office wall. Thank you, Missy. Hope everyone is having a fantastic July 4th vacation week. And until you hear from us again, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. Thanks for making us sound better, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our managing director, which means we could not make it without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help us make the show. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Our executive producers are Tracy Putoff, Cherry Haas, Tim Miller, David McWilliams, Joshua Allen, Linda Rucker, Martha Bernatsky, Melanie Cravey, and Tiffany Hassler.
Our theme music is composed and performed by Dante Lima. The music under our ads is composed and performed by Dylan Garvin. Learn more about our lives, live events that we're involved in, and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 